from Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News starts right now. On today's broadcast, an extra assembly session is set to convene to handle next year's budget plan. UN envoys of 31 nations condemn North Korea's human rights violations. And two South Korean figure skaters medal at the ISU Grand Prix final. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Alana Hill. As rival parties fail to approve next year's budget plan within the National Assembly's regular session, an extraordinary session will be convened Saturday at the request of the main opposition Democratic Party. Rival blocs will continue negotiations to pass the budget, but it's unclear whether an agreement can be reached due to gaping differences on various sticking points. On corporate tax, the government and the ruling party has proposed lowering the maximum rate from 25 to 22% in a bid to boost investment, but the Democratic Party considers it a tax cut for the super wealthy. The two sides also remain at odds over several other issues, including capital gains tax on stock holdings, issuance of local currencies and public rental homes. Friday was the last day of the regular assembly and this year marks the first time a budget plan has not been approved within the session since the Assembly Advancement Act took effect in 2014. Meanwhile, a DP-led motion calling for the dismissal of Interior Minister Yi Sang-min over the Itaewon crowd crush has yet to be voted on in Parliament. If a vote does not take place by 2pm Sunday, the motion automatically expires. The US has imposed sanctions on North Korea's border guards for violating the human rights of North Korean residents trying to flee the regime. The Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Assets Control on Friday newly sanctioned the North State Security Border Guard General Bureau over its tight border controls, including landmines and shoot-on-site orders that have resulted in the deaths of numerous North Koreans. The department said that people inside the North are reportedly subject to forced labour, torture and other human rights violations and abuses at the hands of the government and due to the dire circumstances, tens of thousands of North Koreans have fled the country in the past two decades. But it said their journeys to leave are particularly treacherous due to attempts to thwart their escapes by state security agencies such as the Border Guard Bureau. The Treasury also placed sanctions on two individuals, including North Korean national Kim Myung-chul and seven foreign entities that provided financial assistance to a North Korean state-run animation studio. Kim is a Paris-based employee of the studio, which was already blacklisted by the US last year for arranging overseas jobs for North Korean animation filmmakers to earn foreign currency for the state. The US State Department said the designations partly aimed to disrupt and deter the North Korean government's role in restricting freedom of movement, mistreating asylum seekers and exploiting labourers to generate revenue for the state. The Treasury Department said that North Korean nationals are often forced to work in foreign countries to generate currency that is utilised to support the regime's weapons of mass destruction and ballistic missile programmes. At the United Nations, 31 countries, including South Korea, the US and Japan, have openly criticised North Korea's human rights violations. 
They issued a joint statement in New York on Friday following a closed-door UN Security Council meeting on the North's human rights issue. In the statement delivered by US Ambassador to the UN, Alinda Thomas-Greenfield, the countries called the North Korean government one of the worst violators of human rights and said the abuses are well documented. Citing summary executions, assassinations, surveillance, intimidation, abductions and forced repatriation, the statement urged the North to resolve all outstanding issues with the detainees, abductees and the disappeared and immediately return them to their homes. The ambassadors of the 31 nations said the modern world has no place for such brutality and that they commend and support all efforts to hold perpetrators accountable. Meanwhile, the UN Security Council has overwhelmingly approved a resolution exempting humanitarian aid from asset freeze measures imposed by UN sanctions regimes. The vote on the legally binding resolution, co-sponsored by the US and Ireland, was 14 to 0 with India abstaining. The US hailed the vote as historic and said it will save lives and address long-standing problems of sanctions impeding aid deliveries. The US ambassador to the UN told the Council before the vote that countries must do everything in their power to help humanitarian partners reach the world's most vulnerable, regardless of where they live, who they live with or who controls their territory. She said the goal is always to stop terrorists and human rights abusers by using a legitimate tool to maintain peace and security, but still allow life-saving humanitarian efforts to continue for those in need. After the vote, Ireland's UN ambassador, Fergal Mythen, welcomed the adoption of the landmark resolution, saying it will help diminish the unintended consequences of sanctions without diminishing UN sanctions themselves. He said that because of sanctions, sometimes aid can't be shipped, financed, insured or delivered. The envoy added that while the resolution is not a panacea, it provides certainty and clarity to humanitarian providers, donors and implementing partners that providing aid is permitted. Meanwhile, India's UN ambassador, Ruchara Kamboj, said her country's concerns stem from proven instances of terrorist groups taking full advantage of such humanitarian carve-outs and making a mockery of sanctions regimes. She also cited several cases of terrorist groups reincarnating themselves as humanitarian organisations and civil society groups to evade sanctions. North Korea has hailed its early eradication of COVID-19 as one of this year's key achievements. The Rodong Shinmun newspaper, the ruling party mouthpiece on Saturday, published a special front-page report titled Quarantine Victory That Will Go Down in Global Health History. The paper quoted North Korean leader Kim Jong-un as saying that it is yet another historic victory for the country to defeat a serious and threatening challenge in such a short time and it has demonstrated the great power of the ruling party and the North Korean people. The article gave full credit to Kim's exceptional leadership and claimed the swift extermination of the virus was a miracle. But it added there were huge economic losses related to lockdowns and the cost of scientific testing, treatment and emergency medical supplies. The price of gasoline and diesel continue to decline this week at local pumps. According to oil price portal Opinet, run by the Korean National Oil Corporation, the average price of gas nationwide fell 15.1 won to just over 1,611 won per litre in the first week of December. Gasoline prices have dropped for the 13th consecutive week.
The average price of diesel also shed 16.21 this week to 1,845.71, posting a drop for the third week in a row. However, diesel is still more expensive than gas by around 201, bucking the normal trend. Two South Korean figure skaters have won medals in women's singles at the International Skating Union's Junior Grand Prix Final for the first time in 17 years. In the free skating event held Friday in Turin, Italy, 14-year-old Shin Jia scored a combined 131.21 points in technical elements and programme components. After the short programme that followed, she scored a total of 200.32 to finish second after Japan's Mao Shimada. 16-year-old Kim Cheon finished third with a score of 190.36 and took bronze. It's the first time for South Korea to win medals in the Junior Grand Prix Final Women's Singles since Kim Yuna won gold in 2005. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Centre in Seoul. I'm Alana Hill.